Hello, hello. This is Reality of Reality. I'm Aliza Rosen, a longtime TV producer and development executive. Every week on the podcast, I talk to interesting people in all aspects of unscripted content. For those of you who've been loyal listeners for a while, I just wanted to thank you so much for your unending support. It's really meant a lot to me as I've grown the podcast over the last few years. If you've rated me on iTunes, thank you so much. If you haven't, please do that. And for those of you listening for the first time, so glad you're here. Hope you stay. I wanted to make a little announcement, which is that I've decided to expand the podcast to once a week, which I'm really excited about. Sometimes it will be another interview. Sometimes it will be a TV catch up with a fellow reality fan or a podcaster or somebody in the news. We'll be talking about whatever we're watching during the week, which knowing me will probably most likely be Bravo or true crime, but anything goes. And I'm super excited about this. Hope you'll stay along for the ride and bring your friends with you. Today on the podcast, Lauren Roosh. Lauren's someone I just adore. And if you know him, I'm pretty confident you feel the same way. He is the Senior Vice President of Programming, Partnerships and Special Events for HGTV, Food Network, Travel Channel, DIY, Cooking Channel, and Great American Country. It's a lot of networks. Lauren's been with Discovery, which of course used to be Scripps, for 11 years, a lifetime in television. Trust me, this is a guy who does not get bored. He truly loves what he does. We trace his roots all the way back to game shows in Hollywood, to one of the most exciting projects in television right now, at least in my opinion, a very Brady renovation. You'll see, I basically lose my you-know-what on this one. And if you're a Brady fan, you're going to love the behind-the-scenes stuff that we get into. Okay, we're going to start. Hi. Hi. This is so exciting. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I know you're not feeling that well. Disclaimer for our audience. Disclaimer for my raspy voice. <laughs> yes. But I am very excited though. to be here. Oh, thank you. So you and I have known, I always start by saying how I know my guest. Yeah. We've known each other a while. I don't know how, like I want to say maybe 10 years. I was going to say seven to 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll give it that broad blanket. Yeah. So I was, you started Scripps in 2008. Yes. Yeah, so I started in 2004. Five at uh, Scripps Productions, which okay. is an in-house production company, and I came to HGTV in 2008. Okay, I think that's when I'm. Yeah, so maybe yeah, ten. We met 11 once I was years. already a director of programming, which was a couple of positions ago at HGTV. Yeah, and I feel like when I originally met you it was through Terry, Terry Johnson yes, Murray. That's exactly right. That would make sense, right? Yeah, yeah who I love. I, I love haven't her seen too. in so long. Me neither. It's crazy, and I need to give you a shout out because. Hopefully you remember that you were very instrumental in helping me move my life to L.A. <laughs> it's so random. It's so random. And I can't I feel like we maybe had started talking about it at a meeting in New York. And then once I started doing like decided we were moving, you were like you're an L.A. boy, which we'll talk about. So I was like, I'll just ask Lauren for advice, which ended up leading to my almost house here. Do you remember that? That was so crazy. <laughs> my best friend who lives in Sherman Oaks was selling their house and they were just thinking that maybe they would want to rent it out for a year, which was like a day or two after you and I had talked about you wanting to move to LA and renting a house for a year. So I said, check this place out. And then within a week, it was almost as if you were about to move in and then something else happened. I think they sold it or something like that happened at the very last minute. Oh yeah, we had a signed lease. I mean, it's just sort of like the everything happens for a reason yeah. thing because I never, it's an incredible house, but incredible. I was nervous about it because it's what we call an upside down really house. It's not a kid-friendly <laughs> exactly. house. Or a mother-in-law who can't go up a flight of stairs house. It was like my favorite house <laughs> that I would never want to live in. Yeah, it was a magazine house. So it was like people were flipping out when I was showing them where we were going to live, but I was also getting that like I couldn't sleep because I'm like, is this is the most impractical house ever. I think you made the right decision. Even that's why they moved out of it. They loved living there, but it was just for everyone listening. It was a three-story <laughs> house where there were two rooms on each floor, but 
in addition to that, it was like 60 stairs to get to the front door. So once you got to the and the kitchen and living room was not the first floor. That was the third floor. The top floor. But it was so beautiful that you justified in your own head like, right, I will it's put up with it. all these stairs because right. this house is so fabulous. It's so amazing with views of the hills. Yeah. Also, I might have been skinny if I lived in that house from all that exercise. Buns walking. of steel for sure. <laughs> right, buns of steel. But it did work out because actually the school that was assigned wasn't as good as the one we ended up with. So everything, and it's funny, we ended up moving a couple months ago to Sherman Oaks. Oh. So it all comes oh, full everything circle. everything comes full circle. It does, yeah. But you were so sweet to connect me and it was just... You were just really supportive and I could tell you were sort of like excited to like tell me about the different areas. I'm also like the biggest fan of the Valley because I was born and raised there, even though I live in New York now. So anyone I could get to move to the Valley, I am like game for it. Yeah, which is great to hear because he's like, oh, yeah, I went to the Valley. Yeah, I'm the total opposite. You were pro Valley. Pro Valley. I know. So how long have you lived in New York for a long time? I've been in New York for nine years. I was in Knoxville, Tennessee for five years before that. That's right. And was there an L.A. stint in your career? My entire career was in L.A. So I... I was born and raised here, went away to college, as one does. And, even and where in, were you born? Were you in Bel Air? In the Valley. In the I was valley. in Woodland okay. Hills, Tarzana. Right. The area. Okay. I went away to school at UC Santa Cruz. Ah, uh, gorgeous. Gorgeous. When I was at school, I decided I really wanted to work in television. And so I did internships at Family Feud and Entertainment Tonight. And the minute that I graduated from school... I started working at Love Connection. I saw that. I was crazy, right? Um, As the matchmaker, I was 21 years old. I don't think I'd ever been on a date myself. And I was literally (laughs) matching people up. But it was such a great job. But then I got settled into the world of like all game shows for a while. Right. And decided that I wanted to do something more on the production side. And where I could use my, not saying you don't use your brain in game shows, but I was only on the contestant side. I was only recruiting people and I wanted to do more writing, more producing. And so I eventually transitioned over into daytime talk and morning news and then eventually where I am. Yeah, I want to get into all of that. But just to step back to the beginning for a minute. So I... uh, a lot of youngsters or young people breaking into the business listen to this. So how does one get into the game show business in LA, let alone become a matchmaker at 21? Do you know what I did, which is kind of interesting, I guess, is I was obsessed with watching television. And so I would watch for the credits at the end of the shows that I liked watching. And I would write down all the names of the production companies. And I literally got on the phone and just started going down the list. Number fifty was Mark Goodson Productions who produced Family Feud. They I said, can't believe it was 15 because I feel like it was always, this is a Mark Goodson, Bill Tudson production. It whatever. was, but I was thinking I would do something maybe more prime time or maybe even scripted. I didn't know. I really didn't know television enough to know. And so by the time I got to that, someone actually answered the phone and I said, I'm looking for an internship. And they said, oh, we have an internship available for a show called Now You See It, which no one will remember. It was a game show. And I was so excited. I called my parents. I said, during summer vacation, I'm doing an internship at Now You See It. I showed up on the first day and the show was canceled that day. Oh my God. And so they said, we can't have you here, but we have a position at Family Feud, which was huge, bigger and better anyway. And it all kind of started at that point. Oh my God, you played the feud. So do you think because you were an LA kid and you grew up here that you felt like this world was more accessible to you? I think it's the opposite because I was okay. growing up in Los Angeles with not a single member of my family in the entertainment oh, industry. Oh, wow. That's an anomaly. Not one. We were a normal kind of <laughs> suburban family. Uh, my entire extended family was here for the most part. Grandparents, cousins, everything. And so we lived a very normal suburban life. It would be no different than living in Chicago or in oh, wow. St. Louis, basically. And so I didn't have 
anyone to get me a favor or get me into the entertainment industry. I really had to do it on my own. That's nice to hear. I mean, it's just also so rare to not, rare. you know, to not be connected at all. Now it feels like, yeah, the rare school teacher you meet, you're like, yes, thank you. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> okay. So you got to New York and then you kind of transitioned to sort of like entertainment news, I, I call it, or... Yeah, well, it actually went straight from Los Angeles. I was working for Good Day LA, which was yeah. the Fox Morning Show. For was that years. Jillian Barbary? Jillian Barbary, uh, Dorothy Lucy, and Steve Edwards. Oh I was there for nine and a half years. Wow, which was an incredible job. And then we actually nationally syndicated that show to Good Day Live, so that was on around the country and Fox affiliates. And um, once the national show got canceled and we went back to being a local show, I decided I just wanted to try something new. I mean, this is random as well. I saw an ad in Synopsis, which is like a daily news blast for an executive producer position for Scripps Productions in Knoxville, Tennessee. And for the hell of it, I applied for it, got called in, and I made it through this crazy process where they flew me out to Knoxville, Tennessee. And I took the job of running their production company at Scripps Productions. And I remember my parents saying to me, have you lost your mind? You are the one person who is from Los Angeles and you're going to Tennessee to work in television. That is so ironic and hilarious. It was hilarious, but it turned out to be the absolute single best career decision of my life. And that led from the production side to then I was brought over to the network side and then I was transferred to the New York office. So so and, backing up, so yeah. what shows did you produce when you were on the in-house production side? Dream Home. I did all of the giveaway specials. So HGTV, Dream Home, Smart Home, Urban Oasis. But I was there so long ago that I was even producing shows that I mean, you would laugh at the names now. We produced mm-hmm. Scrapbooking. <laughs> we produced something called Resto Rides, which was Aww. a car show. Wow. We did Weekend Entertaining. Yeah, we did shows for DIY when it was still doing crafts yeah. and crafting. Anyone who's still at, at script slash Discovery now that you were in the trenches with? Or is That's everyone a, gone? Great question. There are a few people left who've been with the company as long as I have, uh, but we didn't work necessarily in the same team or department. So Allison Page has been there as long as I have. She's been there even oh, wow. a little bit longer. Kathleen Finch has been there as long as I have. I was going to ask if she hired you. She did not because I was hired through the production side. And then when I moved over to HGTV, it was under the guidance of Michael Dingley, who doesn't work there anymore, but he was my guardian angel that moved me over to the network, which is where I really wanted to work in programming. Right. And then he left about a month later. So it was really like, I felt like he set me up for success. And then shortly thereafter, Kathleen started and it's just been incredible ever since. Yeah. So what was it like culturally going from LA and California life to Knoxville? Um, It was fun being a big fish in a small pond. <laughs> yes. Totally. As you know, Los Angeles is really expensive. It's not an easy place to live and you spend your entire life in a car. <laughs> you go to Knoxville And you could own a big house for a third of the price of Los Angeles. You work really hard by day, but then at night you could walk your dog and see the stars in the sky and it's quiet. And you make friends that are in all different lines of work. And so I enjoyed it for the first couple of years a lot. After that, it started to feel a little bit small for me. I'm not the typical person to live in Knoxville or to move to Knoxville. (laughs) I'm from Los Angeles, as you know. Right. Jewish, which is not like predominant there. <laughs> Gay, which is not very popular right. there. And had you met your husband at this and point? David and I had already been together. Okay. So he moved with me to Knoxville. Oh, wow. And so we were just not the, ty- we didn't have children. <laughs> right. You know, we were just not the typical people. To yeah. Live in I feel like you were the show. You were like the Shits Creek show there. We were, but, you know, we, we believed, or at least I believed that it was this great Mecca of people that were really kind and nice and very accepting to us. And so 
we always felt like we belonged. We never felt like outcasts Love in that. Knoxville, ever. I do have to back up to your bio, though, because America's talking. Because yes. I was at Fox News in 96, helped launch Fox oh, News. I was asked to go to Fox well, I was News. Gonna, that's why I brought it up, because everyone and their mother from America's Talking yes. came over. So w- America's Talking, for people who don't know, was a 24-hour... <laughs> Roger Ailes documentary. <laughs> yes, which we will now all see it. Oh, yeah. Um, was a 24-hour talk show network based in Fort Lee, New Jersey. So I moved there in 1994 to be the audience coordinator, which is the toughest job in the entire world, getting people to come sit in an audience in Fort Lee, New Jersey. The average age of my audience was like either a senior group (laughs) over the age of 80 or like kids under 15. It was like the single most difficult job I've ever had in my life. But they gave me the opportunity after six months of doing that to be a producer and uh, work on a show called Alive and Wellness, which was a show about like alternative health, wellness, spirituality. I loved it. Psychics. All who hosted it? Carol Martin. Oh yeah. Who was a veteran? Carol? CBS newscaster. Yeah, I was who's now say, literally are... one of my closest friends in this world. We've stayed friends it. ever is since. Is she still then. in the business? She's not as much in the business. She does some voiceover work, and she still lives in the New York. Yeah, area. I mean, I grew up in New York, so she was an institution. Oh, an institution, yeah. and just the single loveliest human being on planet Earth. Aww. But when um, America's Talking ended, Roger Ailes created Fox News, and they asked me if I would produce. Fox Health, which was going to be one of the segments over at Fox News. But I wanted to get back to Los Angeles at that point. I wasn't really ready to commit my life to New York. So I came back and worked on Home and Family, which is now back on the air again all these oh, years yeah. later. Oh, so you're really bouncing around like I between did a lot LA, of New York, and, and, and Knoxville. So then once you moved, so did you make the decision to move from Knoxville to New York or did they move you up? They moved me up, but it was because I was actually really interested in getting to New York after being five years in Knoxville. Got it. And then was Courtney already at HG at that time? Courtney was at HG. We had a very small team in HGTV programming. Myself, Courtney, Brian Balthazar, Terry Murray, Minley, Sean Visco, and Lindsay Whitehorn. Yeah, and almost everyone's still there. Well, I guess half are still About there. About halfsies. You know, I interviewed Brian early on. Yeah, he told yeah, me. Yeah, we have fun. I think he was sick, too. What is it with you guys? What is it? And then a it was year, probably a real screen. Yeah, also. well, I was going to say, and the, it was. And then a year ago, I interviewed Courtney in her and hotel room. She was room. sick. I, was she sick? Two years ago, Courtney was so sick at real screen that she had to spend one whole day in her room. Okay, no, no, it was last year. It was last okay. year. I was like, was she sick? Yeah. No, no, no. We were good. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, this is when I get all you East Coasters out here. It's perfect. It's perfect. So, okay, so you moved to New York. And at that point, did you go into development for HG? At that point, I was a VP of Programming and Special Projects. So I was overseeing the large event programming for HGTV and development as well, but mostly things like Design Star, yeah. Brother versus Brother, our big kind of event programming. Right, right, right. And so, all right, give us some little little tea, a little juice. I know you're not, it's not going to be that sexy, but let's see what we can get. Okay. What? Tell us something about the Property Brothers, Drew and... Drew and uh, Jonathan. I was like going to say Scott, but that's their last name, Drew and Jonathan. Um, actually, wait, quick sidebar, funny story. Do yeah. you know David Kirsch, the agent? Of course. Okay. So, um, my daughter has met him cause he's, um, our agent. So we were at urban home and there was a cutout of one of the property brothers. And <laughs> I saw that in Sherman Oaks. Yes. And she goes, mom, is that your agent? Uh, that's hilarious. He does look like, he does look like that. <laughs> David Kirsch. This is a funny small world story. Yeah. He, was friends with my cousins growing up. They all went to Calabasas High School together. Oh, I didn't know he grew up here. Yeah, isn't that funny? That's so random. Just weird, random. So when I finally met him, I was like, why do you look so familiar to me? Yeah. He's like, I don't know. And then we were on Facebook and he's like, why are you friends with my sister? 
And I knew his sister because she was my cousin's best friend. Oh, that's so funny. Small world. Small anyway. Jewish Calabasas Small world. Jewish yeah. Valley world. <laughs> exactly. I'm um, sorry. So I diverged there. Okay. So Property Brothers. So yeah, tell us something about them that would we would surprise us. This is such a not necessarily interesting thing to say, but they are the nicest guys to so what possibly you see is what work you with. Get. What you see is what you get. What my favorite thing about them is they're like, they're like little kids at heart. So you could go out to dinner with them and then afterwards they're like, could you come back and do game night? Like they, they're, there's an awesome leave it to beaver quality to them. Like I've gone to escape rooms with them. We've gone to game nights. We've done karaoke together. They're just really, really fun, nice guys. Do you think it's a Canadian thing? Maybe they're just so darn right? nice. Like they're not jaded jerks, jer- not American at jerks. Oh, there is. You could not possibly use that word for either of them. They are such good guys. Which I love hearing also because, you know, they've been successful a long time now and they're really successful now. And you've known them since the beginning. I've known them pretty much the beginning and they're just as nice now as they And they were. haven't changed. Not at all. It's a lot, a lot richer. Yeah. They're businessmen, but they're also great talent. They really are. The joke with them is I've asked them if they were robots because they're doing everything and they do it all well. I don't know how two people could do so much so well. And do they generally get along really well with each other? 100% of the time. <laughs> yeah. And they entertain each other. It's like the the set is so funny. You could take a break and it's like no one ever gets bored. No one ever gets mad. They're constantly like joking with each other, entertaining each other. Yeah. Like they have a very sweet relationship. I like hearing that. Yeah. It's always nice when you hear... You know, we have really great talent, honestly. And this, I yeah. sound like I'm so like yeah. Susie Sunshine about everything, but <laughs> yeah, we really, really do have great talent. Well, I think that's also one of the things that I've always liked about you is that you genuinely seem to love the brand and love. get excited about it. I love what I do. I love putting my name in the credits of any show I work on. It's it's one of the nice things about working for HGTV is that you're indulging in your own passions. I love going to open houses. I love great design. I love dreaming about like traveling to these fun, beautiful destinations. And so to get to work on that, it's, you know, work gets stressful now and then, of course, that's the business that we're in. But I couldn't imagine any genre that I feel more well suited for. Right. Which is kind of happened serendipitously, right? I mean, it wasn't like you said, I'm going to go into the home space. A hundred percent serendipitously. But I'm also, I think I'm also one of those people that if you throw me into something, I could get pretty passionate about it because when I was in game shows, I love game shows too. Like I used to think I wanted to be a game show host. Um, and then I also liked a good day LA. I worked on everything other than hard news. So like I could get into like health and makeovers and like all that stuff too. But there's something about the home space that I just personally find. I never get sick of watching cuts of shows. That's, that's, that's big. It is big, right? Yeah. That's amazing. But you produced a ton of stuff too. Like I think if you dive into something that you enjoy, you feel passion from no you it. do I mean I always say like I've never met a true crime show I can't watch or produce like right. I love like I never get bored because right. I love the mystery I love the story and everything is a different story right. I mean that's what I say people always ask me like do you ever get sick of watching the same genre I said <laughs> I never get sick of it because every story is different yeah and so what's your personal style do you have like an amazing apartment what's the deal <laughs> um I would never want to be like I've got an amazing <laughs> apartment I think I have a pretty uh clean lines more on the minimalistic side with pops of really fun art i just like places that feel and look clean and simple but have i want to smile when i look at my place and so we have some really fun pieces dave and i we've been together 21 years we live in a one bedroom in new york city it's not like we're living in a big place but new york it it's expensive it's crazy and you 
don't have large spaces. So you learn how to be really creative with the places that you have. Yeah, that's true. Does David work in the business? He works for Discovery as well. Does he? Yes. Yeah. We've worked of- together now for 14 years. He has been in branded entertainment. Okay. And he's Which is, now you're with the marketing team. you're doing that more now. Like in your current position, you're working more with the branded stuff, Well, it's right? funny. We have not really worked together because he was nestled more under ad sales and I've been more into programming. Right. But recently with all the changes that we've gone through, he's now in our marketing team. So he was actually working in a totally different facet of it, but on the Brady Bunch house. And so was I. So it's kind of fun that we get to have our paths cross without being directly related to each other in the workspace. Right. It's kind of perfect because yeah. you also understand each other's pain. And, and we know all the know. same people. You all know all the same people. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So when you, what kind of, when you're trying, I always see your face, but you're traveling oh everywhere. And I'm not just for fun. I'm talking about work. Yeah. And what's your, I mean, other than loving what you do, like when you get to set, like how are you, what's your style? Like, are you going to, that's been a really interesting transition because I think anyone who starts as a producer right, but moves into the network side... <laughs> it's hard. It's really hard. I started off going into full-on field producer mode where I wanted to like jump in and ask <laughs> totally. all the questions. I feel like I knew exactly what I wanted everyone to say. And David had a really powerful moment with me early on. I was overseeing the Rose Parade at Scripps Productions. And I walked on set and it was my very first show that I was really doing on the network side. And he said like, you need to own your space. I was so invisible that I didn't want to get in the way, even though I knew certain things were not going the right way. Because you were so afraid they'd be annoyed that you were taking over. Yeah, or wonder like, who is this guy? I wasn't <laughs> claiming my own space. Yeah. And then I crossed over to the other side where I was like asking interview questions and jumping in. And so now I think what I try to be is a real collaborative partner. I try to surround myself with amazingly talented people that are a thousand times more talented than I am in the show running space and show producing space. I tend to work with a lot of the same people who I love over and over again. And keep Mary them Beth on Anderson. Shows. Mary Beth Anderson. I love it. I used top, to work with her back in the day. I would say number one, but I can't because I have about Aww. four other number ones that She's are all special, number though. one. She's I really, adore her and yeah. the ground that she walks on. Aww. And there's a couple of other people that I put into that same category. And, and you learn just to be really good communicators and to trust in the smart people around you. And I'm a big fan of a lot of pre-production so that you don't have a lot of surprises. And if you know what you're going in for and what your story is supposed to be, I love then getting there and being totally in that live TV world of like, if it changes, it changes, let's run with it. But you have some semblance of where you want it to go. And so because of that, you know, you're always going to get a story out of it. Definitely. Okay. So you, you jumped right into the next question, which is when it does go sideways, because you are dealing also with a lot of question marks in the home space. Like you can produce the story, but it's still a renovation. It still can be, you know, you open the wall and all of a sudden, you know, all shit goes crazy. What's the craziest thing if you had to narrow it down to one thing that's happened on a production where you're like, I don't know how we're going to finish this show. Oh, I've had a few of them. (laughs) I mean, everything from horrendous weather situations in a huge competition show where you only have talent for a day and you need to shoot outdoors and you literally don't know what you're going to do or how you're going to finish. I've worked on live auctions that are the scariest thing ever because what if nobody ever bids on the house, if they never buy it, if there's no ending to an entire like four month arc of a show that you've been working on. Um, I've Technical issues is my biggest <laughs> stressor because it's the one thing I feel like I have no control over. So we did. We were shooting Flipping the Block years ago, which was one of our yeah. big competition shows, which I loved. It was a great show. Day one, within three minutes of starting to roll tape with all talent and all contestants there, we lost our generator. And in Video Village, we could not see or hear anything. Oh, my God. And everybody started 
going crazy and they were making fast decisions. And I remember talking to the showrunner, who's one of my dearest friends, Megan Bidner, and saying, I started to pace back and forth. And she was like, you are being really neurotic right now. I said, I think we all just need to stop for five minutes and get ourselves together, breathe, and then pick up. And so like there's, there's, and then you know what? The generator came back on. We got ourselves together. I sometimes think if you're moving too quickly, more mistakes are going to happen than if you just sometimes put a pin in it for a few minutes, come up with a master plan, and then move on to the next. Yeah. I mean, that's, listen, if you can do that and stay calm when, you know, chaos happens, you're already ahead of the game. I think it's hard. Steve Edwards gave me the best piece of advice ever when I was a good day LA. And for those who don't know him, he was like a legendary yeah. LA. He's still on the air, right? He's not on Good Day anymore. He has a great webcast. He's still okay. on the radio. Oh, he but he said that he thinks the single best producers in this world are ones that always have a smile on their face and are totally neurotic on the inside. <laughs> because you're thinking through everything, but you seem calm and cool. And I I put that, I trigger that away somewhere in my brain and try to, you're never going to get rid of my neuroses, but I'm going to try to keep a smile on my face. Yeah. And as a fellow news person myself, that's how I came up as a live producer. I can say that you it's so stressful when you're in that booth and it's live day after day. I mean, I did a lot of hard, hard yes. news and, you know, weather things where there's, you know, oh. seven different correspondents in seven places and you have to tell the director what to do. If you don't stay calm, everything falls apart. Everything. I mean, I was once on set. I God, I haven't thought about this for years. I was actually like literally in the back throwing up because I was so stressed <laughs> oh, out. God. We were doing the dream home giveaway, which was live and, Four or five hours before the show, the satellite truck could not get up the hill. It literally got stuck on the hill. And we oh did not know how we were going to put the show on the air. And we had to get a truck that had been doing high school, like a high school sat oh truck. It was God. just, it was an absolute did it work? nightmare. It worked by the skin of our teeth and we got the show on the air. But in those moments, yeah. you just have to trust see, to the universe. Right, you see your whole life flash in front of My whole life flash. My career and life flash in front of my eyes. Oh my God. Yeah, that is right. You have to pray. That's when you start praying. Ken Lowe was there, the CEO wow. of the company. I mean, it was it was stressful. Yeah. Oh my god. So let's talk about HG for a minute as a brand. So obviously, it's one of the few networks that it's just always successful. Like it just knows what it is. It it you know it's the hardest place in the world to develop and pitch to because everything works. So there's very little room for new stuff because everything's. I don't know working. if that's true. I think that it's a place that once you figure out what we are looking for it's not that difficult of a place to pitch to it's figuring out the nuances because i feel like yeah a lot of people will create copycat concepts or stuff that looks like other things on the air but what we're really looking for are fresh storytelling techniques that fit in the home world and so when you find someone that pitches something that feels on brand but just feels just a little bit different it's magical to us. And well, so that's what we're always looking for. And case in point, Unspouse My House. Unspouse My House is a perfect case in point. It's Tell, something that belongs on Give us the case air. study there. So we have a brand new series called Unspouse My House. Orlando Soria is the talent who's just this amazingly talented and very funny designer. The concept of the show is he helps people who've just been dumped kind of get their groove back and figure out how to make their home beautiful for them. And so it's a really fun show. It's not a show about bashing the spouse. It's not a show about dwelling on the past. It's a show about giving someone a chance to create a new life through great design. And it's so funny and so charming. And it has such a distinct point of view and way in that, you know, he pitched it to us saying, he's like, look, if anyone knows, I know I have been dumped and I know what it feels like. 
But the best way to deal with the heartbreak is to give yourself a space that feels like all yours. And we've had tears in most of the reveals. It's a very heartfelt and incredible show because it's based in heart, but has a lot of laughter and fun at the same time. I can't wait to see it. I mean, I feel like when you say fresh idea, I feel like that definitely is a new, and I don't know if that was part of the discovery merger in terms of like taking bigger swings. It was right around the same time of the merger when we wanted to take some swings. Another show that I was really excited about was um, One of a Kind, which I don't know if you've seen it. It's a relatively new series Mm -hmm. for us that's pitched with the designer Grace Mitchell in Texas. And if you were to look at it on paper, it might look or sound like every other show that we have. But what makes her strategy so unique, and they brought it in with this concept, is she basically all but moves in with the families to get to know their stories. And she translates their entire family stories into their design. Oh, I so love that. the rooms are so personalized and so customized that you walk in and you feel like it's your life is directly unraveled in front of you. And it's beautiful. I love that. I mean, I think... Obviously, with you guys, it's all about the talent, ultimately. So to producers out there that are trying to figure out a way to get shows greenlit by you, what is it you'll know in 10 seconds whether it's going to get to the next level? It's really that we want we want every dynamic to feel different. Not everyone needs to be an adorable couple that does the exact same process. We want mothers and sons and fathers and daughters and best friends and gay couples and straight couples and diverse friends and individuals and people with funny teams and people, you know, the goal is just for you to know when you turn on HGTV that you're on HGTV, but for each show to have its own distinct vibe. Okay. That's good. That's a good, I I think that's the spiel as we say. That's the spiel. I like it. Okay. Now we talk about Brady Bunch. So I have a quick preamble. Yes. Um, Well, first of all, I have to say that yesterday was one of the best days of my life. <laughs> Not invited by you, I should say, but I was lucky enough to get invited by secondhand through Jane Latman to tour the Brady Bunch house. So when we put this out, we're going to do it close to the premiere so people can watch. Uh, so, all right. But I, before we get into it, and I really want to start from the beginning on it, I need to tell you why it was the best day of my life. Okay. Because I think we're close to probably the same age. I grew up, this was my life. The yes. Brady Bunch was my life. I mean, we did not have smartphones. We did not have computers. We had nothing. We yes. had TV. Yes. And like you, I was raised on game shows and stupid sitcoms. Yeah. And then, I mean, I guess the Brady Bunch was a sitcom. Yes. Yeah. Um, to the point where I have seen every episode multiple times, we would go on long car rides and I would say, how many Brady Bunches till we get there? And they would tell me three. And then I would proceed to tell them entire episodes where my parents would light themselves on fire. I love it. I mean, okay, one more thing. My dad, who was a psychologist, so he didn't travel very often, but he went on some conference, a business trip. And I was so upset he was leaving. And I said, why can't you take us? Why can't you take us? When Mr. Brady went to Hawaii, he took oh the God, whole family. <laughs> so... So this sweet. was, I sent my parents, we were allowed to take a couple pictures yesterday and I sent them to my parents and they were like, you must have been in heaven. It's, it's that incredible. And I'm not exaggerating. Yeah. It's- to anyone in our age range, especially you literally felt like what it felt to be 10 again. It's magical. I don't even have words. It's been the most meaningful thing I've ever worked on. And I know that sounds kind of crazy, but I have that same exact association as you do it was i've seen every episode 20 times yeah. i saw the stage show i saw the movies I know. like for this to be this is my your... reality is 
It's insane. It's be- beyond your wildest it's dreams. It's beyond my wildest dreams. <laughs> yeah, I think I was freaking out, Robert Wimbish, a little bit, because I was like, oh, that's from this. Oh, this is from this. Oh, that's from the pilot. This is, he was like, wow, a, you really Tim know. Curtis, who's an agent at WME. Yeah. I don't know if you've interviewed. Oh, whose house? He's the house that you Tim almost Curtis. bought. Oh my. He was there yesterday. Wait, which one was he? He was there with his husband. That's so oh funny. I didn't God. even put two and two Can together. Can you imagine? That is hilarious. Oh, that's so funny. He, you know, he oh my God, sent me a insane. note that he said it was like one of the single most important things he's ever done in his life. I mean, there's something about that show that tapped into yes. our hearts and our nostalgia. It was surreal being yeah. there. I don't want to give too much away because this will push to the... We could give it away in yeah. theory because yeah. really all it is is we've turned what was purely the exterior of the show into a brick and mortar location that would represent exactly how that house would be every single room if it was that... In that particular house. Right. So to explain, so the, so that was it. All it was was an exterior. Um, Robert told us that basically they just drove around Studio City or the Valley looking yep. for a house that would look like where an architect. Lloyd Schwartz, who was the son of the creator of the yeah, Brady Bunch, sure has been would. a great inspiration for the show and a mentor in many ways, too. Oh, wow. Uh, told us a story that he and his dad were driving around the Valley. They lived in the Valley looking for a house that felt like would be the one for the show. They just happened to see this one random house. They stopped and they were like, that's the house. And that they shot a couple, a nighttime and a daytime shot of the house. That's really all that it's all it was. they used. The cast members had never been to the house. That was the part that was yeah. so interesting to me because, you know, when you're little, it's like, of course they're in a real house. You yes. don't think of a set. So that was so great to hear that like they would look down through the, you know, through the staircase and just see nothing because there it was, was no set. second floor. Right. And, and on the other side of that, this house had a footprint that was so completely different than the television well, show. Th- that's what's fascinating. Okay, so so the owners that had been in that house had lived there 40 years? 40 plus years. I think 45 years. And so the story that Robert told was that he had seen the listing. Robert Wimbush, who is, uh, used to work in business affairs, who we, I used to deal with all the time, and then moved over the creative part. Yes. Um, he said, I guess, that you guys were looking for big swings, and he saw the listing? Yeah. Robert is the hero behind the show. We yeah, were in a development <laughs> meeting. And, you know, we go through a list of different concepts that people want to pitch and we were going through the list. Roberts wasn't even listed at the very end of the meeting. He goes, you guys, the Brady Bunch house is for sale. We should do something with it. And it was as if the entire room's eyes lit up. And at that moment, we knew we had to do something with this house. And I think that the results were even bigger than what we thought. At first, we didn't know, do we just remodel it and make it a modern home? We had no idea we'd get all six original Brady cast members. I mean, it's turned into a lifelong dream, but we didn't exactly know what we were going to get other than the house when we put an offer in on it. Which is why it's so bold and amazing. I remember what's cool about this is that from the beginning, there was a ton of buzz around it because the story is that Lance Bass put in an offer. I guess like six other people did too. And everybody thought like the conspiracy theory was that like Lance was in bed with discovery and that like he planned it, but really he got outbid and couldn't believe it. I truly don't know the backstory. We didn't know who we were even up against. (laughs) That's the thing that's so strange is we just ended up getting the house. I'm sure that. Is it true that David Zaslav said, spend whatever you need to to get it? I don't know. I'm not getting into that (laughs) conversation, but all I know is that we really wanted to get it. And we knew that honestly, more than the money, we knew that we'd respect the house and the piece of history that it has, and we didn't want someone to buy it and turn it into a McMansion. We really did want to... Right, a terrier would have become a teardown. ...make it something special, because it was old, and it wasn't great inside, and I think that the wrong person probably wouldn't have... Definitely would not have made it into a living museum like we were able to. So were you behind the scenes in the drama of the getting of the house, or was it next thing no. you knew we had it? Uh, 
that was handled by a business affairs okay. team, so I didn't have any part of that. And in fact, I wasn't really part of the show for the first couple of weeks. We were really assembling a team. Robert was trying to figure out what the creative should be. And then we just dove in head first from that point forward. So you guys hire Brian Lando, who yes. used to work with you or used yes. to work at food. Uh-huh. Yeah. Food. And then um, what was the process like to reach out to all the kids, all the Brady kids? That took a while because it's been since 1981 that all six of the kids have worked on a series together. Wow. They've done one or two small reunions, but they haven't all worked together in 30 something years. And it was a very interesting process because we needed to make sure that they knew that we were doing this to respect the house, that this was not an exploitation project in any way, shape or form. So it took a long while to get it all worked out. But how, did. how did you do it? Did you go fly to meet each of them individually? Like I want to yeah, hear we how. Did. We, we had a lot of meetings with the individual cast members. We met with their agents and their teams. We shared creative with them. I mean, we really did. We really did a full court press to prove that we were legit and that we were there with only good intentions. Because I mean, imagine what it would be like for them who were probably approached with things every other day that are Brady Bunch themed exclusively. And this was really about them celebrating a house and we needed their expertise. We needed their memories, their stories, their participation. And so it was a very uh, detailed process getting all of them, but it eventually worked out. Did you ever have a moment where you had all of them, all six of them in a room and you had to give the final pitch to get them all on board together? Was it like the Friends cast? We did those. I mean, that's a great fantasy. Um, We did those mostly separately. Okay. The moment that was the most surreal to me was when we were shooting the reveal and we had all six of them aligned on the staircase and I got to pose with them on the staircase with all six original cast members. I think that might've gone down as like one of the highlights of my life. One of How about the highlight? I mean, forget your I mean, wedding. I like to say my marriage and all that is pretty good too, but <laughs> <Whatever>. yeah. <laughs> Doesn't hold a candle. Not a yeah. candle to the Brady Bunch. Yeah. I mean, I got to pose on the stairs alone yesterday and I was in heaven. Right. I can't imagine if I had like well, and I Christopher Knight this. next to me, my crush. The cast members are the kindest, wow. hardest working. They're terrific to work with. So give us a quick one-liner on what each of them are up to now. Oh, gosh. Um, I'll start with... And you can use their TV names. <laughs> well, Barry Williams, Greg, Greg. Uh, is a performer. He spends his life. He actually is a successful performer, lives in Branson. Didn't you guys do a Branson We did a DIY show with him show? a couple of years yeah. ago for a Great American Country. Yeah, for GAC. GAC, got it. Um, Maureen McCormick is a performer, a host... She was on Dancing with the Stars. She looks amazing. Someone showed me a picture of her yesterday. She looks, Gorgeous. she doesn't age. Oh my God. And she's just as bubbly and nice as can be. Uh, and Jan's an amazing artist. Eve Plum is phenomenal. Right? I really, really love her. I've gotten to know her through this process. And she's an artist. She's a renovator. She's a nostalgia buff. I mean, did you know any of that before you no, even got- No, not really. Like, how lucky I mean, did you get with she, that? She- dove into this head for she gave us access to her storage unit where she had nostalgia from the Brady Bunch saved there for the last 50 years and it's just been an incredible, That's incredible process Christopher Knight has a whole licensing brand furnishings I mean very successful businessman um Mike Lookinland has a concrete business and lives I heard that. in Salt Lake City and is like very successful and married and happy and really sweet guy and Susan Olson is an acting teacher for uh, children, which is such a great career. She also has a radio show and she is 
majorly into animal rescue and it's just like a really good well, she loved person. tiger the best and also how fitting that she's the acting coach when she was the deer in headlights when the when the Isn't cameras went on. i know i thought that's funny <laughs> okay too. i need to calm myself down i just i literally cannot wait for this show i know, I know me too it's it's amazing so in terms of um the actual work did they get their hands dirty like did they yeah get- they did so they each we also had eight of our um HETV talent right. participating in the show and we paired them up into various teams and they were each in charge of different rooms of the house. So they designed and decorated the different rooms of the house. And did any of them bring their own kids to set? Uh, yeah, a couple of them did and a couple of them brought their spouses and or children to the reveal. That must have been Susan a Olson brought her son to the reveal. Oh Maureen gosh. brought her husband to the reveal. Eve brought her husband to the reveal. Yeah, no. Uh, Chris brought his wife to the reveal and Mike brought his wife to the reveal. So yeah, they had... They were really excited about it as well. It's going to be so great. Thank I mean, nostalgia is so hot right now anyway. And then you take just such an iconic show. It's just the most iconic house in America. I really say it's America's it house. I think one other thing I it's wanted America's to share, which house. I think was just so cool, Please. was we crowdsourced the items that we could not find on our own. And so Dylan Eastman, who's just absolutely incredible, who was our lead um, house planner and designer, had the idea to crowdsource items that we could not find on our own on our social media sites. And we found the dining room table. We found a refrigerator. We found can openers. We found knickknacks. And we found all this stuff that was in the actual house. And so America helped design the house too. Yeah. I I don't want to give away. I saw some of those items was just blown away because you are literally walking into the 70s. What was your favorite room? Oh God, that's such a hard, I mean, this is going to sound weird because I, I loved every room and it was all perfect, but Greg's attic, just because I wasn't expecting it, yeah. that was such an Easter egg as they say. Yeah. Cause like when Greg like gets his own pen, he started like smoking cigarettes up there with like the little swagger. Yeah. I was just like, I remember like I was being like, <sighs> Oh my God, Greg's a bad boy. Yeah. And so just the surprise and shock that you guys actually built that Greg's room in the attic that's was so just funny. like beyond but there is, but there's also funny because it was like Mike's office. So cool. Right. Like I would have that office. I mean, that's the thing. Like mid-century yeah. modern is so hip and cool right I now. I love 70s. I know that it's yeah. not popular. No, like I probably wouldn't go for an orange for Mike a kitchen, but Mike's den is hot. Mike's den is hot like now. Yeah. yeah. Like, I was the kitchen the is wallpaper. Awesome. I mean, the boys and girls rooms were my favorite. Oh my God. That wallpaper. Both the wallpaper. Both of the wallpapers. Beyond. Beyond. And again, that wallpaper in the girls' room, I would use in a kid's room now. Well, and if you watch the show, you'll learn how we created it and made it. A lot of these patterns don't exist anymore. So we had to create all of that. So when you watch the show, there's also a ton of takeaway. How did some of the artwork get created? How was the wallpaper replicated? Like, There's a lot of really interesting takeaway in the show, too. Did all the designers and people from the HG talent side, did they know the Brady Bunch and were they all, I, I don't know, they I know it's different knew, age I mean, ranges. Who doesn't know the Brady right, Bunch? Right, it's just, you know, under became, 30, not so much. They became family though. So some of them were bigger fans than others. So like Jasmine Roth is one of our younger talent. Right. And she said that, of course she knew the Brady Bunch, but her and Mina from Good Bones didn't watch it as much. But then Karen, Mina's mom from Good Bones as well, was like a Die hard Brady fan. And so we had a combination. The Property Brothers love the Brady Bunch. But now, one of the happiest moments on the entire show was watching them all together. They're a family now. They really are. They've been bonded on this really incredible life journey of doing this house together. They they will all be friends for life. It's kind of like when you 
go to summer camp with people at a pivotal time in yeah. your life and you remember those couple of months as being very special. That's what it felt That's like. That's such a great analogy. So the big question that came up yesterday, I don't know, it seems like there wasn't a definitive answer is that what now with the house? I don't know. We're keeping it for a while. Yeah. And then we'll see. Yeah. I really don't know. I mean, it feels so special. That's what that I'm saying. Don't like, don't give it think away. about it right now. Yeah. It'd be great. I mean, I know there's probably neighborhood issues, but it'd be so great to kind of make it a museum, you know? The neighbors would kill us. I don't think we would probably do that. <laughs> I mean, yes, I think that'd be fabulous. It's, it sounded like you had to grease a lot of the neighbors with brownies and uh, bake sales. I mean, it's to, hard. It's, yeah, you know, it's, it's a, a residential lovely residential neighborhood it with is. really kind people that yeah. are just trying to live their lives. And so right. <laughs> we tried to be a really polite crew. I'm hoping that anyone would pretty much vouch for that, but... We didn't even park in front of the house. Right. We didn't work crazy late hours. Like we wanted to be good neighbors too, because we know that it could be disruptive to a community. Yeah. Well, I'm so excited about it. Thank you. So back to you to, as we wrap this up. Yeah. Um, if it were up to you, will you be with HG for the rest of your life? <laughs> I'm such a, I'm so afraid of jinxing anything. I know. Okay. I really would. I mean, I'm very, very happy here. I love the content. I like the company and I like the people I work with. And to me, that's, what it all comes down to. My team is fabulous. We laugh a lot. We work really hard. I've bronchitis because I'm traveling too much. Like I'm not saying the life is perfect, but like at the same time, I can't imagine anything I'd rather be doing. People often say like, what would you do next? And I said, you know that you're happy when you can't think of what you would rather be doing. Yes. A hundred percent. That's yeah. so true. Will you ever get into flipping houses or doing anything in the real I'm estate space? the least handy person on planet earth. I could you could, my husband could vouch for this. I could barely change a light bulb. I'm not kidding. That's I so am funny. I I'm surprised. Pack a suitcase. I am <laughs> You're not useless. Handy. I could style a beautiful bookshelf. Okay. I could set a pretty table, but I am not handy. And so I have no, like Brian Balthazar. Yeah. Handy. He'll spend the entire weekend doing gravel at his place. Really? He's like knee deep in the mud. Like he's in it. I, I love to travel, see the world, eat and drink and have good times, yeah. but I don't I don't need to be spending my weekends fixing up houses. Well, speaking of that and speaking of Brian Balthazar, you guys have like this little show. What's going on with your your spin-off? So we started off just doing it for ourselves, thinking that nobody would listen. And the first one that we did, we had fifty three hundred people find us, which is hilarious because it was Brian and I in the Embassy Suites Knoxville talking about a bunch of nonsense. And in the middle of the show, people were buying us drinks. They were calling the hotel and sending drinks our way. And it was just a goofball thing. And now we've done about 30 of them. It's been a fun They're fun. Facebook They're Live really show. fun. Thanks. How can people find it? They could find it on Facebook Live. They could either find it under Mindless Chatter. We have our own page. Or under my name, which is L-O-R-E-N-R-U-C-H. Or Brian Balthazar. Where we all have it under our accounts. I love it. So find us. We do it about every other week. It's very fun and Thank very you. cute. You guys are adorable. Thank you. I think like I feel like the Andy Cohen Watch What Happens Live yeah. is going to come out of it, and you're going to be hosting like the Brady Bunch after show. From your mouth to God's ears. <laughs> no, it's not not really what we set our intention to, but it's been so much fun. I mean, Brian is, I call him my work wife. I mean, we are attached at the hip, and we laugh so much that he's hilarious. He is hilarious. Yeah, he's. I could. I could. You guys almost seem like brothers to me. We are. I mean, yeah. truly, like, we, really. we are. Yeah, and when we're at work. He's like, do you have to pee? I mean, we do everything together, everything. So it's really funny. I love it. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for being here. This thank is so you fun. So much. This is so much fun. I love it. Yay. Okay. Well, everyone watch the Brady Bunch. We'll uh, promote it in the... Uh, A very Brady renovation, September 9th at 9 o'clock on HGTV. Cannot wait. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.